over county. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Crowdcast, we're live on YouTube, and maybe you're listening later wherever you get your good old podcasts. Mm. But, guys, very exciting, very special show tonight. Hollywood Justin's here. Hollywood Justin is here. And most important, we are going to be doing a breakdown of the future of the DC Universe. We're going to do a guestless Uh. show. We're going to get into it. There's what? too much news, too much to talk about. So on the show, first off, just imagine this right off, we're going to be talking about Black Adam. We all saw it this weekend. We're going to be going full spoilers on it. So if you yeah, don't want to know spoilers. about Black Adam, tune out, tune away now. But, but let me yeah. just say, before you d- turn everyone off, this yes. movie, this you can't spoil this movie. This movie's unspoiled. <laughs> if you've seen any superhero movie, you've seen any superhero movie. I definitely thought that after I saw it, I was like, wow. Uh, not much. You can spoil some things that happen. <laughs> sure. You can spoil some things that happen. We're certainly going to be talking about the Cameos. end credit scene, which they spoiled, I want to say, several weeks ago during the press tour. Yeah. But we're going to be talking about that and the future of the DC Universe, including the big news that James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to be taking over DC Studios. Those announced earlier today. We're going to do that towards the end of the show, as well as answering some of your questions live. But first, and most importantly, to set the tone for the show, I just wanted to mention... I am drinking the Rocks Margarita this yeah. evening. This is a margarita designed by Dwayne by the Rock. Johnson. By The Rock. Yeah. Uh, you guys know this. He loves tequila. Oh, he yeah, puts yeah. it on everything. I was reading, yeah. apparently, he Salad puts it dressing. on, like, oatmeal? What? Is that true? Gross. Yeah, that's true, apparently. Gross. Totally gross. Also, that's but wildly gross. unhealthy, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> not that. gross. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Anyway, this is a pomegranate margarita. It's very delicious. Um, so thank you, The Rock. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, margarita. And he personally made that for you, right? He yes, he did. He's right off camera. We're not going to bring him into the stream or anything. Oh, yeah, like, no, no. You don't I, Honestly, we have notes for the movie, and he's very, <laughs> this movie's very close to his heart. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's uh, sitting over there with his earmuffs on, so he doesn't want to know. Um, shout out to Michael Tillman in the comments. It's in a low Ballers glass. <laughs> uh, great joke. Shout out to Ballers, a show that vanished from the cultural consciousness, apparently, because I haven't heard that name quite some time. Yeah, it'll get there. It'll be the new Arliss eventually that people bring up as a joke HBO show. But 100%. And in light, I actually saw Black Adam today here on Tuesday. So in light of that, I'm drinking um, paint thinner for my drink tonight. <laughs> just to try to erase the memories. Though. All right. Well, oh, I think we're on, getting into it. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, are you serious, man? Hold on. First of all, I want to set some ground rules here. I want to set some ground rules here. We got to set out. We talked about this beforehand, and Pete had a really great suggestion. Pete's suggestion was we should judge this movie on uh, a scale of rock hard to hardly rocking. Pete, this is a great idea, Pete. I thought this was really good. So, Pete, just tell us right off, when you were seeing the movie, were you rock hard or hardly (laughs) rocking? People should know at home... uh, that it's a lie as soon as you start. Like, we had a discussion ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. We don't I, talk I'm not a, a part lot of your guys' discussions. I hate it when you start texting too much. <laughs> Check out. It's too much. Too much. Like, I looked at my phone today. There were 10 texts from you guys. Just Most of them were doing bullshit. Dude, they were actual jokes. business. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sent you several texts. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I sent you an article so you know what we were talking about. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. read it. 
I'm not going to look at it. (laughs) Great. This is going to be great. Let's talk about something we all looked at, though, in all seriousness. Black Adam in theaters, the plot, as it were. You probably know this from the comics, but Black Adam is awakened in the present day. He starts attacking intergang that has taken over Kondok and the Justice Society made up of Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher, and Dr. Fate trying to take him down on the orders of special guest star Amanda Waller. Uh, ultimately, they battle. It ends up being part kind of of a plot of a guy who is uh, turning into Sabak, who is the evil opposite of Black Adam. He uses fire, where Black Adam uses lightning, two opposites, as we know. Yeah. Oh, and at the end of the movie, Black Adam has decided not to be a ruler of Kondok, but perhaps rule it. Well, he just doesn't want to sit in a chair. Right, he doesn't want to sit in a chair. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like chairs. Exactly. So that's the plot of the movie. Obviously, a lot of stuff going on there. A lot of things are going down. Uh, Pete, you seem to be probably the most positive of us. You were there opening day, rented out a whole theater for yourself so that nobody would see (laughs) you. It was kind of like that. I showed up and nobody else was in the theater, which I thought, oh, man, this is not a good sign. Uh, but well, what uh, did you think of the movie? What was your overall take? I had a blast. It was like a nine-year-old wrote it, and I really appreciated <laughs> it. Oh, that I was going to be my criticism. How violent it was, <laughs> how over the top it was. It really felt like they were editing it, and then The Rock was there. Was like, you know, it'd be cooler as if maybe I ripped this guy in half. That is, I think, a hundred percent a spot on for what this movie. It felt the like Rock that. was in the edit bay, just being like, "Yo, yo, yeah. yo." Turn it to 11. Turn it to 11. We can make this more badass. Yeah. Uh, I To throw out my general thing, because I, I'm going to get a sense that Justin is probably the most negative about it. You don't know that. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, mean, I was fine with it, I guess. The entire time I was watching it, I was like, and maybe I'm wrong. You guys know this world much better than I do, but it felt like the wrestlification of uh, superhero movies. Like they're kind of yeah. almost wrestling already because you have guys in tights and they're fighting and whatever. But this was very much like, I'm going to take on this guy. And then this guy's going to take on this guy. And then we're going to take on this guy together. And then there's going to be all these guys trying to get us. And we're going to smash yeah. stuff over them. And then we're going to go one-on-one. And that's going to be the big title bout. And my, and my the- res. Yeah, go and ahead. then I'm gonna get so powerful. I'm gonna fuck up the devil because I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciated that, but uh, my one of my big reservations is I wish they had leaned into the fun of that a little bit more because it felt like if they had gone all the way into being a nonstop wrestling match, that would have been more fun than like the very weak mystery that they wove into there. And frankly, this is the point where Pete's going to turn on me and I'm going to throw this out there. The absolute weakest part of the movie, and I was so surprised about this, was The Rock. Oh, come on. Absolutely. And the reason I say that uh, uh, is I love The Rock. The Rock's a stupidly charismatic man. In this movie, Why he was playing stupid with the amazingly, amazingly he means it as a, a wonderfully yeah, charismatic not, man. Yeah. I am when I think about him, I am to use your parlance, Pete, rock hard, right? I That's what you would say. It Stop is putting Pete weird book. shit on me, man. Don't I mean, associate you texted me with it all shit. day, and you're like, I want to do this bit. Uh, anyway, uh, my point being that he played it like a robot that was trying to figure out how to fall in love. That that's that was my big takeaway of the movie. Maybe it was like a Terminator Two thing or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think he was trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's and... not Black Adam, the character from the comics, and that's not The Rock. And if he had just leaded to being The Rock, it would have been a lot more fun. 
I disagree. I thought Black Adam, the character, kind of looks like The Rock, and I feel like that's what made that's this true. connection. Like they were like, "All right, listen, who's hot right now? Fucking The Rock." What By the way, who, who's looks hot like right now? Rock? Thirteen years ago, yeah, because yeah. that's and when also, he, he what no character one said, looks like The Rock. Black Adam done. No, no one said who looks like Black Adam. Let's make a movie about that person. The, uh, the Rock has been trying to make this movie for so long, and it's uh, a testament to his power as a box office force that he made a movie that is very strange as part of the larger DC picture, and we can talk about that later. I mean, um, if you would have said to me, listen, do you want to see an action movie where it's two hours of The Rock throwing people into the air being like, can you fly? You know what? I'd sign up. Uh, I, think I agree fun. with you. Unfortunately, this movie was a lot of Hawkman being like, wait, guys, don't do that. <laughs> so um, if I had a, a movie that was. I liked Hawkman. I thought it was a great casting choice. It well, hold on. Let's get, let's get Justin's overall perspective yeah. first. All right, all right. Well, let me, let me throw this out to you. Have you ever gone to a movie and wanted to fall asleep? Then, like, go to sleep, brain? <laughs> no, I would go take a nap then. I wouldn't pay money to then uh, sit in a theater. I know. I didn't want to miss a moment. But um, th- this movie, like, I I also like The Rock. And this is a passion project for him. But I think that's where it felt like halfway between. It felt like everyone in this movie was trying to look cool all the time. Mm-hmm. And that makes for a hard watch, I think. Because uh, you want people to be uh, able to like suffer a little bit or be sad and the whole time like the they're like in the middle of their country and city being t- falling apart and Are they're you smiling the and movie laughing while we're talking like how can you legally do that <laughs> it's a trailer yeah, like, oh, <laughs> calm um, down and i also thought to, to your note on the where you on, were pulling this from yeah, I'm no, no, no. I'm actually in the theater right now. I haven't seen the movie. I'm just sort of like, these are my raw reactions from in the theater. We're talking yeah, we're going to get the live take. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you know about the this Rock's popcorn, performance? This popcorn is stale. Go ahead. I feel like they were trying to do the Drax joke from mm. Guardians uh, a lot. And I was like, that's just, that's wrong. And A, it's a ripoff. Don't do that. And B, it just is wrong for both The Rock and Black Adam. Only at the end of the movie when he was like, fully talking to people i was like this why didn't we start with this because he shows up and he's so like first off he just fights everybody he murders a ton of people and then yeah. the one lady in the room he's like Dude, no, i won't kill i won't kill her uh, listen literally lightning from a five thousand year nap you're gonna be a little grumpy and you're gonna start tossing people around like ragdolls that's just factual stuff if I woke up from the nap I took in this movie and realized I was still in this movie like the Black Adam did, I would be mad. I agree. I So uh, let me throw out something just talking about The Rock in general. And this is taking a step back to what Pete said before. This, to me, feels like almost the most controversial part of this movie, which otherwise is a fine thing, like I said earlier, is having The Rock at the center. Like you said, Pete, oh, this is a guy who kind of looks like Black Adam. This is something that back in the day, and there was a really good article by, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name, but it's Hannah Flint, I'm forgetting her last name, where back in the day, uh, he was a person who looked kind of brownish, right? And that was it. And they were like, oh, let's cast him as this guy who is from the Middle East. There you go. All done. Now, you can't do that, or at least you shouldn't do that, or at least try to find an actor who actually is from the Middle East, even if it's a fictional Middle East country like Kondak, to cast in that role. Add in the fact that 
you have all of these other characters who are in the fictional country of Kandak who are talking with, I don't know, we want to say a Kandaki accent or whatever it is. Mm. And The Rock's like, hello, I'm The Rock. I am American. Hello, how's it going? It points to the sense of like a very retrograde look at that sort of movie. No, I'm sorry. He I, just what did should you guys have think you were, aside. Did you think you were going to buy tickets and see Shakespeare? You were seeing no, a no, rock no. action movie. I'm talking it's about racism. Be, I'm talking about be. racism right now, very okay, specifically. All right. All right. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, it's. I, well, let me take yes. your. I agree with you, Pete, because like I didn't walk into this movie being like this is going to blow my mind. Well, you guys I, are complaining like you did. Well, but let me say, I showed like, up, knew what I was getting, got that, and walked away going, thank you. And you guys it, were like, well, the acting and the, you know, like, what the F are you well, talking about? It still says it's going to be a movie. It's not like yeah. you're watching a commercial. Sorry, not to harp on this. I just wanted to read a comment here. All in the game over on YouTube says, coded is Egypt. I think that's correct. And if we want to compare it, I'm sorry to get back to this point, but I do think it's an important point to talk about. If we want to compare it to, for example, Moon Knight, a show right. which I know we were very mixed on in terms of the quality, but I think we all agreed they tried really hard to present an Egypt that is not the typical Egypt you see on screen. They wanted to show you a city. They wanted to show you that the pyramids are the distance that they actually are from the city, that people live there, and it isn't all just like these dirty streets with old cars where people are like hawking their wares in tight markets. And that's pretty much it. And that's exactly what black Adam did. And I think looking at it from an American perspective as an audience, we go in and we're like, sure. That is kind of what conduct looks like in the comics. So I guess that's yeah. representative in that way. But in terms of presenting a modern Egyptian, uh, Egypt coded uh, city or middle Eastern city or something like that, they could have tried harder particularly with 13 but, years of going at it. But what I also think it just, that's just one element that is like a surface read on mm -hmm. all of the things in this movie are very much like, well, we don't need to dive in. And to Pete's point, it's like, we're not, we don't, we're not going to dive deep into any of these points. We're just going to tell a, a very fast paced action story where we see the, uh, just uh, him. We see black Adams origin a lot of times with a couple different reveals along the way. And he, as a larger theme, what are we even talking about here? Is he a hero or is he not? And at the end of the day, it's like sort of, that's not even a question they answer. He's just like, no, I'm just this guy. Given the compressed timeline, would you call it like the before sunset of superhero movies? I think a lot of people are saying that <laughs> on the way out the door. Um, definitely. Uh, that is the vibe. Um, and the, and P, I hear you because, like, I agree. My expectations were at, were at the where they were at when I walked into this movie. I was just surprised how it felt like they really just pulled a lot of other things from superhero movies and didn't really take a swing at this. And like, I just thought the one thing for sure that would be here would be The Rock taking a swing at him being his like dream superhero role, Black Adam. And instead, it felt like they did the like the, the Drax thing. They had elements of like Wakanda at play in in Kandak. They had like just a lot of a lot of things that felt like it was just pulled from other 
other parts of the world that we already know well enough and then not a lot of twists and turns in the plot. Well, uh, to throw it out there, I was thinking about this a lot in the movie because I think you can do a mishmash of other stuff, right? Like we were just watching a clip here where they throw the guy off the cliff which is straight up 300. And most of the right. prologue, the thing happens at the beginning where they go back in time a couple of thousand years, I think, in Kondak. 5,000 years, yeah. It's 5,000 years from present day. Yeah. Yes. That, that is 100% just, it's shot like 300, it's paced like 300, it looks like 300. Like you were saying, putting up the triangle thing is very like, what is our Wakanda forever? Let's do that. And there's a lot of shots that definitely play like Zack Snyder throughout the movie. There's uh, other things that I'm blanking on right now, but there's certainly like impressions from other movies that I got throughout here. Um, I, I think the thing that I kind of came away with is you are allowed to do that if you're remixing it in a fresh way. And it's not just like, you know, it was cool in this other movie. Do you remember that? Let's do that now, you know? Well, and let's talk about some positives though, because I agree sure. with you. And, and like, I, Pete, maybe you have some positives you want to talk about. I'll start. I thought the JSA was pretty well used here, like uh, specifically Doctor Fate. Despite, come on, dude, being a bit of a Doctor Strange, like beat for beat ripoff. I actually really like Pierce Brosnan as the as yeah, Dr. James Fate. Bond as Doctor Fate. I thought it worked Very really cool. well. And I, I don't know what it is about Doctor Fate in general, but the fight, seeing Doctor Fate fighting um, the Black Adam, I thought was awesome. I, I really liked those sequences. Um, I liked our Hawkman. I didn't think he got stuck being a little bit of the scold bothering everyone with like, we're here to protect global stability. I was like, what? That's <laughs> not what people want. Uh, but I, I liked, I, I like uh, that performance. I thought the um, Adam Smasher and uh, Cyclone were <laughs> sort of very strange in the movie. They were like just hanging out the whole time. They're the rookies that are, you know, trying to hang 100%, with the... the... The, the kind of the A team there, you know, they and they didn't seem at all scared or nervous at any point in the fact that they almost died several times. Well, but I young, did like I know? did like their energy. Like I like their sort yeah. of like, yeah, we're we're here. Did, did I, a budding rom com in there. Come on. I mean, this is yeah, they did. Stuff. So I mean, to throw it out and this is like, again, what I was sort of thinking about a lot while I was watching the movie was cool. There was a, what? Cool, like, helmet. Ooh, cool helmet. Yeah, I, I thought was cool thinking, helmet. Cool helmet. Yo, cool costume. Yo, check out that slow mo on Psycho and Sweet. And then, whoa, Doctor Fate. Hawkman. Cool. Now, what I was, what I was kind of struggling with a little bit is like, generally speaking, with a movie, when you have characters, you all want them to tie into the central theme in some way, or at the very least, support and tie into the character and the journey that they're going on. The JSA did not do that exactly uh and they were more kind of just there on their own doing their own things as potential setup for a justice society movie or something like that if you think about it in the greater sense of the world why is Amanda we all are running the justice society who's like we never kill people when she also runs task force x which is like we kill people all the time so the connections wow. there like well hold on i'm framing this up with like the stuff that i was thinking about during the movie where i was like this doesn't make sense, but also to the point that we're making, I enjoyed watching them at the same time. You know, in terms of it just being 
breezy and not necessarily a slog, I was okay with that. And it's the sort of thing where it's like, I don't think this is the greatest movie in the world. I don't think it is frustrating to me on the basis of being a comic book fan that Hawkman, a character who is intrinsically tied to the origin of Teth Adam and Black Adam, has absolutely no reason to be here other than I'm a cool character. But just yeah. watching it on the surface when you're in there in the two hours, it's the sort of thing that's like, this is nice to watch in air conditioning in the middle of the summer. Obviously we're not, but like, that's the kind of movie it is. <laughs> and I think it plays like that and that's okay. You know? Yeah, uh, it, it is okay. You know, I mean, you guys are like uh, talking about all these things that got to connect and do stuff when it's just like, why, why can it be just like, Hey, here's some cool characters. Uh, but we'll mainly we're kind of focusing on what black Adam was dealing with. Like, I just think that, like, you know, there is a lot of talk, especially with, you know, Superman and stuff like that about, you know, killing, not killing, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. So here is a character who, you know, has a different kind of origin story. And maybe you can understand a little bit about uh, why he would be willing to kind of do these things, you know? So I don't know. I just thought, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to put all these things on it or try. I was just trying to enjoy what I was given here. And, uh, you know, I just think it was one of those things where it's a popcorn movie. You got to turn off your brain to have some fun because otherwise you're going to be picking things apart all day and there's there i don't know why that's well, enjoyable. it's kind of the point of us fun. talking about it on a yeah. podcast a little bit <laughs> if we were just like turn off my brain this would be a very yeah. short podcast so um were you, you gonna go. say something oh okay i'll go ahead uh the other thing that i think and i know pete's gonna hate this point a lot but something that uh, was also i think affecting the way that not just myself but a lot of other people are thinking about the movie is the place that DC is in slash was in until later on today in terms of very much being in flux. No movies coming out for a good chunk of good long while. No clear sense of where the movie franchise was going in the future. If Black Adam was slotted in where it was supposed to slot in this year, which if you think back at the beginning of the year, DC put out this great promo about like... Tw 2022 is the year of DC movies. The Batman's coming out. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is coming out. We're going to get Black Adam. We're going to get The Flash. And I think there were a bunch more things that they were teasing as well that were going to come out, but it was going to be a big year of DC movies. Obviously, like 50% of that at least did not happen. And then Discovery took over. And instead, you have this span of months between the Batman and uh, Black Adam, where suddenly Black Adam is like, What's the future of DC movies, Black Adam? We got to ask you, The Rock, what are we going to do with these yeah. DC movies? And he has to step up on the press tour and talk about all that stuff. But frankly, I think that's too much weight for this movie, which if it had come in the middle of a bunch of other things, would be like, yeah, it's a fun lark, you know? Well, I think that's such a great point because it's like asking like your cousin that um, has a trunk full of fireworks. You're like, um, well, you're mayor now. So what are you going to do? And he's like, light these fireworks off? When if like there's a bunch of other options, it's like, well, let's have the mayor be someone else. And it ends up being that Black Adam is this, this movie is a huge representative of the DC universe. It's also very strange because I think the Batman, great, very excited we're getting more of those. But that has sort of feels like it's walled off in its own world. Same with the Joker stuff. 
But then the main DC universe is Shazam and Black Adam. And that's something that I think very few people are like. Aquaman, yes. Wonder Woman. Well, yeah, but like where that's what like the trailer that ran before my screening of Black Adam was a Shazam trailer. And if if all of my DC characters have to shout Shazam and they turn into <laughs> kids, like I don't I don't know if I'm loving that. As, well, that uh, was the other thing that was so and I don't say this in a negative way, weird about this movie that I was not expecting. And I guess I should have expected this going in, but it was essentially Shazam 2. Like the yeah. wizard from Shazam is in there. It's all about the rock of eternity. They don't mention Shazam or Billy Batson or anything like that, but it clearly takes place in the same world. Like we were mentioning earlier, Amanda Waller, Viola Davis is there. The what is, What's her name? Harcote? Harcote? Hargove, whatever. The blonde woman. The blonde the woman who married James Gunn. Who yells so much in this movie. She's Her trying to scene, shout over the water. Shout? There's water in that prison underwater, yeah. and she has to First shout off, very loud. First if off, you're going to do a press so well. thing in front of the you know helicopters and all that, you're going to have to talk louder. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It just was very yeah. strange to have her be like, yeah, you know what I like? Locking up these dudes. Stop <laughs> yelling. Why are you mad like, at her for trying to project her voice so we can hear it? I'm not mad about it. I just thought it was strange. And also, that prison has a lot of leaks. I understand it's underwater, but they got to yeah. fix that. If you're going to have a wall of water that people go through, don't also have water falling everywhere inside of the prison. It's a wet That's prison. A they're going to gonna have black mold. Here, you know what would have made the movie 100% better to me? If they showed the guy who has to mop up that prison all the time. Because what is that guy going yeah. through? That Very guy should kill people, you. honestly. Yeah, <laughs> that's the real maniac. I do, and I don't know if you guys feel the same. I'm curious to hear from you. I know this is going back a point or two. But I am very tired of the should heroes kill thing. And I kind of wish... We just moved past that into, yeah, he kills people and he kills people a lot. And that's okay. That's what we came here to see. Well, especially having Hawkman complain about it the whole time. And he was just ripping people apart the whole, like he didn't, he kicked Hawkman's ass over and over again. Didn't kill him, but killed every other person around him. Well, and also it gets into this very weird thing for superhero movies where the Justice Society basically wrecks Kondok, right? And they're like, hey. Don't kill anybody, Black Adam. We probably killed a bunch of people earlier, but not you. Yeah. Well, you. also, the, the people kind of made a good point about, like, who's a hero. You know what I mean? You guys fly in, you think you're helping, and then you leave. Like, we have to live here and put up with all this shit, and we've been dealing with a lot. So, like, you know, thanks, but no thanks for your help. I loved that idea. I wish... That had been the movie. I wish they had focused on that and really drilled out on that because that is something that we know from the comics is sort of like part and parcel with the modern interpretation of Black Adam is him being like, no, I'm not a villain. I'm the leader of this country. I keep this country safe. I keep it prosperous. You keep coming in here and wrecking everything. You're the villain. And maybe it's the way that they framed it up, him uh, coming out of this long sleep and not necessarily knowing the country, but versus this Black Adam a little further down the road who knows about contact and understands contact. But that idea of, like, they did that a little bit. It it felt a little bit, this was the thing I was remembering earlier, like Avengers in Age of Ultron, when they come into Sokovia, and the Sokovians are like, get out of here, Iron Man. What are you doing? Leave us alone. And then the Avengers end up wrecking Sokovia, which is very bad for them. So 
that touched on it. I wish this had, had continued that conversation in some way and drilled into it more, because that to me was the smartest, most interesting theme of the movie. Yeah, I agree. And on the killing point, it was also strange when he was like halfway through the movie, he was like, you know, I, I killed all those people out of revenge and then they put me to sleep and I woke up and I killed a lot more people out of the revenge. So and then uh, they <laughs> put me back into a thing and then they woke me up and then they needed me to do to kill, to kill. They oh. needed me to kill this other dude. That's yeah. why I'm saying like thematically all the place. Also, I think it's crazy. Uh, the, like we were saying, The Rock certainly had a lot to weigh in on how in the edit of this movie and the script and everything. At what point was he like, yes, put me in jail for like a significant portion of the second to third act of this movie and then I'll later come back and have one final fight. Well, it's this Very thing good. of like, can they do it without him? You know what I mean? Like they, he says, okay, fine. You guys think I'm too bad. I'm this evil, whatever. Fine, fine. I'll go away. You win. And then I'll go away. I'll say my magic word and turn into a. a, a, First off, let me before. Wait, wait, back up the truck here. You're going to bring this up. This is what happened. They said, like, hey, you know what? You're bad. You go away. And then they realized, oh, no, we're going to die if we don't have him on our team. Now we need him. Then they have to go all the way back and pull him out. So it was like, you know, what he's trying to do the best he can. He just woke up out of a giant nap. He's no longer a kid anymore. He's going through a lot of different things. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, he's going to stare at a statue and just kind of sit there for a little bit, you know, piecing things together. Well, also, sorry, this is jumping off, and I don't know if this is getting in the way of your point, Justin. He was never a kid, and that was easily the worst part of the movie. Wait, what, Pete? Oh, right, because you thought... He was the dad. Yes. So... It, it, again, if you haven't seen the movie, obviously a spoiler here, but they have this scene set 5,000 years ago where this kid is like, we really need to stand up against the emperor or whoever he is, the king, who king. is forcing us to get Eternium, this... No judgment know, piece, on that. There's, yeah, there's nothing, nothing weird about that. Just sort of it's, it's almost an unobtainium uh, mm-hmm. A little bit. Uh, but we have to get this Eternium. We really have to stand up to it. And some guy, it's very unclear who, but his dad comes up. He's all in shadow the entire time. And granted, his dad looks like The Rock and talks like The Rock, but he's in shadow, so we don't know who he is. But he's not big like The Rock. He's not he's big tiny. like The Rock, but he, his voice is The Rock's voice. He's a yeah. pebble more. He's more of a pebble. Right. And then... There's an implication because they leave out part of the history that like, oh, it was the son who became big like Shazam. We're not going to explain this because we're just going to assume you've seen Shazam and, you know, kids get turned into big guys. So that's what we're going to get. And it isn't revealed until later that it was actually the dad when they show us the other opposite end of the scene where you see that it's the rock. Why did they have that mystery at all? Like we are coming to a movie to Pete's point. To see The Rock is Black Adam. We know The Rock is Black Adam. They show us The Rock yeah. at the beginning of the movie. There's no mystery there. They didn't need yeah. to bother that at at all. Well, it was also funny. Like, what a what a compliment to The Rock that they had to spend a bunch of CGI money to make him regular size for yeah. a big portion of the movie. They're like <laughs> Captain hey, America before the series. Yeah, we mm-hmm. need to make you tiny, brother, yeah. because uh, it's the reverse Hulk situation. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree. Like. That felt like something. And I will say I was surprised by that. In the third version of that, where his son is killed in front of him, I was like, oh, I'm surprised. This was such, this was the twist. And I was surprised by that. But I was also like, 
why would you take the time to make this as such a highlighted portion of mm-hmm. the movie when like coming in to Pete's point, give me Black Adam and have him wreck shit. I don't need three versions <laughs> right. of the origin um, where we're learning different aspects of like the ticky tacky ways that he became Black Adam. Well, it's kind of a nod to the Bane origin, the way they kind of twisted it at the end, you know? Is it? Yeah. Wait, which Bane origin? Well, when he, uh, Batman's in the prison and mm. you think, uh, you know, it was Bane who did all the jumping around, then you reveal it was uh, she did it. Oh, uh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. It was a tribute to twists, is what you're saying. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. This is just a tribute. Yes, we have a couple of questions here about Black Adam, or at least one about Black Adam. Uh, this is from Kevin. Question about Black Adam. How did you feel about the use of popular songs in the movie? There were some songs that were introduced diegetically that worked really well, even when they were followed up on non-diegetically. On the other hand, a couple action scenes just had songs playing over them without any diegetic setup, and it pulled me right out. I'm thinking of when he bursts out of the mountain and the Justice Society attack with the cover of Power late in the second act. What'd you think about that? Well, uh, I, I'm sorry that it pulled him out of it. I didn't, uh, I didn't, it didn't, uh, I wasn't, the music choice didn't pull me out, but I can understand what he's saying. Um, I agree. It pulled me out, but less for the needle drops felt like it was a um, wedding DJ for uh, um, a wedding, uh, like a 50, uh, like a, an older person's wedding is what it felt like. Like when Painted Black dropped, I was like, what? Who's who wants this song? <laughs> I, for me, it kind of worked as like diving into that wrestling nature of it, of like, now we're going to pump up a popular song that everybody knows while these two dudes fight, and that's fine. As Pablo points out in the comments, uh, Power was a misfire to me, Painted Black was worse. I've seen several people point out, probably not the right time to have a Kanye West song in your movie, I would say. Truth. But uh, they probably didn't know that when they were making this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably but, not. Well, but you might have guessed, though, is what I'm saying. 15 years <laughs> ago, you weren't going to be like, hey, maybe don't. Oh, they, yeah, they that didn't one drop needle this song. <laughs> oh, no. That was my, the first my original thing purpose. They yeah, the first thing they did. You black want the rock? Was I wanted to also, use... I want painted black. Yeah. I want, a, I want a Kanye West song here, and uh, we'll figure out the plot later. Uh, and like i love the idea of it being like a, a wrestling sort of your your walkout music and all that but it never played that way mm-hmm. and maybe that's sort of the larger comment and I, I watched this movie at the alamo draft house where they show a bunch of clips of the rock in all of his performances both um in uh, wwf back then wwe and all these different things and he's such a great performer he's amazing at getting a crowd on his side and there was none of that fun energy in this movie. And if he, because that's a little bit in the Black Adam character in the comics, he has a swagger, he has a pride. He's uh, Namor-esque um, mm-hmm. to make a comparison across companies. And if we got a little bit of that, then we could get him being a little bit of a dick, getting him walking out to music and kicking ass. Because this movie, he was the most overpowered superhero in a superhero movie I think we've seen. And if you're not going to swag on that, then what's the point of having him be impossible to beat? Well, I I think this suffered a little bit from the need to introduce Black Adam to the world as a character, which, as we're saying, maybe that was important 13 years ago when he was fresh off the Scorpion King or whatever, but it's not as important right now. And they should have realized that. 
I think that plays into that final moment of the movie where they're like, oh, you're not going to go by Teth Adam anymore? What's your name? And then he just smiles for, I want to say, approximately five to ten minutes or something like that. Yeah. And then they cut to Black Adam in the title. And we're like, yeah, we know. We we're, that's the movie we're seeing. Come on. Also, very strange that they then he did the same smile in the post credit in the mid credit scene where I was like, come on, you know where we just saw this. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, what it, uh, any other thoughts about the movie before we do move to the mid credit scene? Because I think that'll kick us into the future of the DC cinematic universe. Pete, take it. Away. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I thought the, the kid was really good, you know, uh, skate, you know, cool dude skateboard. So it was nice to see, yeah. Uh, you know, skateboard. I've never I, seen that a cool person having a skateboard as their their. I will yeah. say his little his little passageway in his room. No, I was ruin it. You just asked me what I thought, and then before I can get to the things, <laughs> you fucking take them. You fuck. Like, <laughs> I you said something I liked. Here you go. You drone on about your stupid point and all the shit you put on movies. And then you finally asked me something, and I didn't even get to fucking say it. Nobody, nobody knew you. <laughs> I didn't know you. That was the one thing what you wanted to talk about. Fucking man. Okay, okay. We should, <laughs> we should, have, we should have known that P was going to have a secret passageway. On and on about your shit. Yeah, you know what oh we're going to do is we'll, we'll delete that part out of it, the Jesus podcast. Jesus, you Christ, will, man. You will reveal the secret passage. Yeah, the Goonies ask of him having like the secret trap doors and the being able to fucking get out of like hot button situations was great. I love that kid. You know, it was it was hard to kill. He he worked fast. It was really adorable and fun. He, he really got his personality across in little moments. He made he brought a lot of the heart of the movie. And I thought he did a great job and they did some great casting on him. You know, he was uh, hard to kill. Uh, I, yeah, I thought he was a fun kind of just kind of uh, a, a kid that was running around uh, skateboarding it up. And uh, yeah, real quick, I assume you're going to mention some other things. Can you just really quick top line for them for me so I don't accidentally step on you? No, that's it. I just wanted to talk about his cool getaway thing. And <laughs> Literally, you know, that was the only thing you wanted to that's talk all about. I wanted to fucking say. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's like Pete, you have the last word in this movie. Go to town. Go to bat for this movie. Like, <laughs> I love that there was a secret passageway that they used once, maybe twice later. <laughs> uh, what do we think about the other characters while we're mentioning the little kid? There was the uh, sister and her brother. Mm -hmm. uh, the brother was funny. The sister was serious. What you yeah, think? The, the bearded guy was also very enjoyable in mm -hmm. the van. You know, where he was like, yeah, you guys go climb things. I'm going to sit That's in this van. That was fun. The, you know, like, oh, shit, he just caught a rocket moment was great. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think that the the kind of fun, badass moments uh, got played up nicely with those other characters. So, like, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree with the fact that Black Adam was, like, super powered up or whatever, but it was still kind of badass to see him handle people uh as easily as he did and also when he was kind of like fighting with um hawkman about the fact that he didn't kill him he was just like well you were there i knew you were gonna catch him and i thought that yeah, was a fun burn i will say the the most emotional part of the movie for me was when the the brother was sad that he got broken up with once that truly was <laughs> the most emotionally exposed any character was in this movie. <laughs> what uh, a couple of other things we could probably talk about. We didn't really talk about the villain. 
Sabak, who is previously a dude who is playing the same dude as Emperor. What do we think about him? Same dude as what, would you say? It was the same dude playing the Emperor 5,000 years ago as the guy who was playing the uh, evil leader of Intergang, I want to say. Well, not 100% clear. Okay. Little unclear, agreed. What do uh, you think about the villain, Pete? That's what I'm saying. Uh, the fire. The devil, fire the de- devil fire, dude. What do you think about fi- fire devil dude? Sabak! I mean, I... Sabak! I the 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 you know it felt like it was just like like i said in the beginning written by a nine-year-old or it was like mm-hmm. he's gonna get so mad he's gonna beat up the devil you know like so he's mm-hmm. so badass he can he can beat the devil uh so i just thought it was i was laughing at like i like some of the choices being made in, in a way that was like this is not only over the top and ridiculous but also kind of uh hilarious that like you know, we're, we're fighting the devil right now. And all of a sudden we went from like, okay, so, okay, first off, there's all this crazy, there's a secret city and uh, okay. And then there's this magical wizard thing. Okay, sure. But also there's the devil and, you know, and I was just like, wow, that is a, that's just kind of a thing that just happened. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to keep rolling with this. So that was just the kind of out of left field. I, I can't believe they beat um, Sabak felt uh, like it was really came down i really it. thought he was gonna win for a good chunk of the movie uh and we also touched on them earlier but real quick on the justice society members just to get back to them we certainly ragged on Hawkman a bunch but i thought it was fun he was he was good great Brian, casting yeah. yeah i thought they was casting. very yeah yeah it's hard when you got to be the leader of the team he loves global stability and that to me is like a hallmark of someone I can really root for. <laughs> He's trying to be a company man. You know what I mean? He's trying to be like, mm-hmm. listen, we gotta. Yeah. And Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. Great. I mean, honestly, I Dr. Fate was maybe my favorite part. Like, I mm-hmm. love Dr. Fate in the comics. I like his helmet. His helmet got to do a lot of stuff. Um, if I had never heard of Dr. Strange, I would have really enjoyed it. Um, but I have. I, so I, I did appreciate like the fact that Doctor Fate of the comics is Doctor Strange. Let's be honest; it's kind of the same thing. But here they're yeah. like, "What's his name? Doctor Fate." Okay, you can see people's fate. I thought it was interesting <laughs> way the way he talked to to Hawkman about like, "Hey, you're gonna die." And I did yeah. like Hawkman being like, "Is it Adam Smasher?" I hope it's Adam Smasher, right? <laughs> uh, by the way, as a little side thing, as we're moving into talking about Adam Smasher, it is absolutely wild to me that you screamed at me. Screamed at me for mentioning the secret passage thing. And in the 43 minutes we've been talking so far, you have not mentioned Henry Winkler once. At well, I, yeah, we're going to get there. Oh, uh, we're going to get there. Yeah. I, like asked, I whole, asked you I asked you to top line it, Pete. The, the whole his thing about like being, uh, you know, uh, geeked out to kind of talk to him. And it was, it was a, a fun kind of like uh, an homage to the. How do you how do you feel about so the context here is Henry Henry Winkler is the the Adam Smasher's uncle the original Adam Smasher gives in the costume so the implication was Henry Winkler back in the day was the original Adam Smasher on that he said the line is he inherited his powers from his uncle I was like his uncle how did he inherit them from his uncle (laughs) that's not how (laughs) genetics work. I didn't hear well, anything. He got the suit from him. <laughs> yeah. The suit. So he, yeah. But his uncle's his dad. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's yeah, maybe he didn't have a father figure and his uncle stepped in. I mean, what's the, what's yeah, the, I, 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 I still love not that. how inherited. That's not how genetic, <laughs> like sharing of genes work. Uh, 
Um, yeah, if you the, stop honestly, to think too much about this movie, things aren't going to add up. And let me say, Pete, I think that's where our real dividing line is because I like to stop and think about stuff, and you seem to not. And so you enjoyed it, and I. <laughs> uh, had well, there's existence. thinking movies that you go in and you think, "All right, I got to think about the plot and the twist." And then there are movies that are like, "This is clearly a popcorn movie. If I'm going to enjoy this, I got to turn off my brain and enjoy let me the say, popcorn. I think during all movies, if when I'm not thinking, I'm laying face down in a puddle. I think the difference between the two of you, if I might step in here for a moment, is Justin, you see a secret passage in a kid's room and you're like, why is this here to go a a floor lower? And Pete's like, head first, here we go. (laughs) This is my favorite part of the movie. No one better mention it before me on a podcast, (laughs) but I'll kill that. Uh, (laughs) You guys never get excited to talk about something and then somebody takes that away from you? You, I mean, not that specific thing. (laughs) the Henry Winkler thing felt like someone literally FaceTime was like hey uh, we're in this movie do you want to just say a line real quick and he's like yeah well, I'll say whatever and then he did it, and then it. <laughs> so I mean always great to see him just exactly very, very, great use of the fonts I mean you know if you're going to FaceTime I... somebody Noah Centineo has gotten kind of a bad rap as an annoying dude I think but he was fine here. He was cute. It was definitely it was like great. Peter Parker it was it was in Civil War. Charming self. It was Peter Parker in Civil War. It was like straight up the same thing, one hundred percent. And it was charming when Tom Holland did it, and it was charming when Noah Santaneo did it. One hundred percent. Let me say, I want a cutscene of him ordering that bucket of, I want to say, a hundred pieces of chicken. Here's the <laughs> other thing that? about that, like, which, like, not to get back so to the. Goofy. Not to get back to the cultural thing, but like the idea that it was KFC, which was Kadaki fried chicken and other things. Like, I understand how you arrived at that joke, but maybe have a little more cultural sensitivity, potentially. That was a crazy moment. Dr. Fair was like, you can't have that here. And he was like, come on. I was like, you just almost <laughs> died and you're about to almost die again. Right? When did you stop? Who sold you this chicken? I have questions. And then the last one was Cyclone, who I like the effect. It was fun. Yeah. I don't know why she was there necessarily. I like the character a lot for the comics, but having her have a lot of colors and slow motion spin around, very cool. Looked nice. Yeah. Agreed on those talking points, yes. All right. Why don't we move on then to the mid credit scene, the big thing that happened here, which again was spoiled during the press tour. The Rock came out and told everybody this to sell the movie is at the end of the movie, Viola Davis, as Amanda Waller, comes out and is like, well, 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 you're the leader of Condoc now, even though you destroyed that throne. You're going to be a real problem. If you become a problem, I'm going to have people step in. I know aliens. And he's like, okay, bring them on. And then Superman steps out. And not only is it Superman, but it's Henry Cavill back as Superman in this final scene. and says, we need to talk. And that's where we kind of end things. A uh, couple of little things here. First of all, apparently to give the backstory here, they were not sure that they could get Henry Cavill or be allowed to get Henry Cavill. In fact, Warner Brothers did not want them to have Henry Cavill. So they shot the scene with what they described as a headless stuntman, which I think means they had somebody dressed as Halloween. Yeah, it was from Sleepy. It was somebody in a super rad suit who was in shadow who stepped out. So they didn't have Henry Cavill. But then The Rock went over the head of WB's head and was like, no, we're bringing in Henry Cavill. We're doing this. We've had drinks together. We're good. He's going to come in. 
The Rock shot his half of the scene, and then Henry Cavill came in later and shot his half of the scene. You probably couldn't tell by how seamlessly it was edited together between the two of them, but they were never in the same place at the same time. No. And I know. I saw them talk to each other. No, they weren't. They were in two different studios. It's wild. The Rock doesn't That's an old Yes. Anyway, the point is Superman is back, and then Henry Cavill came out on Monday and was like, thank you. It's because of the fans. This is why I'm coming back, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. More Superman to come. All right, all right. First off, let me just back up the truck a little bit here. So, beep, beep. the um, what I really liked about the Superman kind of reveal is everybody was kind of coming at Black Adam with a lot of attitude, telling him like, "Hey, listen, you can't just go around, you know, throwing people willy nilly. Like, you have to do this, you have to do that." And what I liked about the Superman. Superman had a little bit of a nicer tone where he was just like, hey, listen, we need to talk. Like, that was a nice approach to, hey, you're kind of, like, acting out a little bit of a problem. So I really appreciated that, like, you know, the Justice Society rolled up, gave him orders. Like, everybody was kind of, like, putting their shit on him. So it was nice to see Superman kind of be like, hey, listen, we need to sit down and have a kind of talk before things escalate. Uh, so I really appreciated uh, that choice at the end. And I thought it was a super important button to kind of put on the end of the movie. So you could kind of walk away with a smile on your face. hundred percent. And I'm so psyched that we have Superman, Black Adam and Shazam as the tent poles of the DCU able to fly. And <laughs> Why do you keep cutting out Aquaman, Wonder Woman? Like, what is your deal? Because I mean, we do have an Aquaman movie coming, um, but it seems like the main interactive points are Shazam Black Adam because they're the same mm-hmm. dealing with the same stuff. And we've had Superman at the end of the Shazam movie and now at the end of the Black Adam movie. So it feels like they're doing stuff. They're hanging. But their whole thing is they're like very their neighbors in every aspect. Well, and they're... this is very exciting. Uh, Henry Cavill in the video that he put out, he said now Superman is also going to say Shazam in order to activate his powers. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Smart. Pablo does point out, which I did think was very nice. He says he had the French curl. I'd call it the S curl, not necessarily a French curl, but he did have that there. And the video that Henry Cavill put out, this is a ridiculous thing to point out, but he seems like not as not as jacked, like not as beefy. Like he seems a little more slim Superman right now, which mm. as a look I like better. I'm sure the, the Rock was like, I don't want, I don't want anybody looking bigger than me so nobody's bigger than no the i mean that's I'm not sure even he didn't get yeah i mean there's a difference between working out for a whole movie you're going to do and a cameo you know what i mean i mean come on yep. cut the actor some slack here uh absolutely what do you think though about henry cavill coming back in as superman now that we are segueing into the next half well i'm i'm excited because i feel like he's a great superman but kind of got uh you know the shaft a little bit because of all the crappy mo- Superman movies he had to be in. So I'm hoping for maybe a new fresh start with Cavill in the role where he's not doing dumb things. Oh, cool. Mm. That, that would, that be, would cool. be cool. I, it's a weird choice to me. It feels like giving up a little bit. If I was being like very hard, you don't think he's it. a good Superman. Henry Cavill doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. Wow. Like he always feels like a very blank slate. Uh, Alex, what about that article that we shared that we were talking about earlier, where he is um, he's preternaturally <laughs> destined for the role between his uncanny handsomeness hmm. and superhuman physique? When I think of Superman, the main thing that I think of is his preternatural handsomeness. Is that what yeah. you said? 
uh, Uncanny Handsome. Uncanny Handsome. Clearly written by a fan. Yes, uh, absolutely. Well, uh, we, the thing is, like, yeah. if you compare, like, Cavill, I think he looks the part. 100%. Exactly. But I do think, and I don't know if it was a, a symptom of the movies that he was in, but he's a very cold Superman. Mm -hmm. He's very, like, a distant sort of, like, we should do the right thing here. Um, and I, and I, I think it's, like, very like Christ-like Superman, sort of removed from people and all that. And I think the Superman we want is like the mo even though he's not from Earth, he is the most human human. I The thing that's weird to me, just thinking about it from a business perspective, is you have Man of Steel, huge box office success, nine years ago. Now you're looking to launch a second Man of Steel out of Black Adam. Why would they launch a second man of steel that is the plan that they've said is they're like fast tracking a second what is essentially man of steel 2 out of black adam a movie that made half as much money on its opening weekend nine years later that to me is a weird business choice i love superman and i'm happy to see a superman movie like i'm definitely only talking about this from a very calculated perspective i don't understand how a company that is looking to cut costs wherever they possibly can is like this is a good business decision. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well, but I also think they're trying to fix their business and they right. don't quite know how to do that. And maybe this is a good time to segue over to the people taking over uh, James Gunn at the top of that. So uh, that's what's uh, going on. Are you just, uh, no, no, no. Since we're segueing into the second part, I am making a drink for the future of the DC cinematic universe. Now, as frequent listeners of the podcast know, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullets. Stray Bullies. A, Stray Bullies. I messed that up because I was thinking about how you say it, Pete. Uh, <laughs> makes a, either makes a drink or designs a drink. This week's drink is a drink called the Red Hood because he's been obsessed playing the, oh my gosh, Gotham Knights uh, video game that just came out. Um, so I'm going to shake one up fresh here. There we go. That should be good. That's nice and cold. Really uh, nice. What a great yes. show and tell. There you go. Uh, so this is Brett's drink that I'm going to pour for myself right now. It's like a modified version of, I would call it, the Vox Margarita. Like, it's very similar. <laughs> so there you go. Nice. Well, I hope so. You know what I mean? Oh, man, that's, that's delicious. Drink that's better theme. than the Vox Margarita, I got to say. Wow. Um, wow. I drank that earlier and finished mine, and it was very good. Though yes. I substituted um, some of uh, the pomegranate juice for um, uh, some tequila. other No, um, another <laughs> juice that I have passion fruit, I think. Oh, there oh, we go. Um, so the, just to throw it over to some YouTube comments here uh, before we get too far into it. One, this is from Frederico Rosa. Let's back up the truck. What about the DC flip? Pete? Ooh. I think that's for you. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... You know, anytime you get a, a a good quality DC flip in there, I mean, that's that's going to be some fun stuff, you know. Mm. Um, there you go. Uh, but we do have a more serious thing. This is from all the game. Man of Steel 2 has no writer-director release date. Your choices for the writer or director. Wow. I don't know. Do you think the nine-year-old that wrote this script is available? Um, could be. They're 10 could now, be. so no. Yeah, probably uh, not. They're like... We need that nine-year-old magic. We need that, yeah, that kind of. Well, I, I think this actually, this does segue into the other big topic of the day, because this is obviously 
very much going to affect the future of Superman. The news came out a couple of hours before we went live with the show that the long search for the head of DC Films is over. It's actually going to be James Gunn, who directed The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, also the Gardens of the Galaxy movies, as well as Peter Safran, who is a producer he's worked with, who has also worked on The Conjuring, I believe Aquaman, did a bunch of James Wan stuff as well. So essentially the way that it's going to break down is James Gunn is going to be handling the creative aspects of what is now called DC Studios, which is going to encompass everything, the films animated as well as live action TV stuff. Wow. And Peter Safran is going to deal with the business side of things. They will also be doing projects on our own, but, and reporting directly to David Zaslav, but they're going to be the two people who are behind everything going forward. Um, I think that's definitely going to affect Superman. That's definitely going to affect everything. What do you think about this news and how do you think it's going to impact DC films and TV going forward? I think this is great. I think James Gunn um, has a little bit more. I think he's willing to take some swings um, in the movies he's done in the past. Uh, I think it is like, you know what, let's try something here um, so that and I think that's what DC needs to do. I feel like they've been just under behind uh, Marvel this whole time. They've been trying to keep up and sort of mimicking, but also being very self-serious. I think James Gunn has a good handle on being able to have a little fun, tell big superhero action stories. And, uh, and I'm excited for it. What do you uh, think? I, uh, I feel like uh, the, the next uh, Superman uh, should be written by uh, Tom King. I should write the uh, mm. script on it. And I'm still trying to think of a good director for it. But um, uh, sorry, I was still stuck on that question. Um, I mean, I think there's obviously a lot of questions here in terms of how it'll roll out. Uh, one thing that I was sort of rolling around in my brain is that James Gunn going from a director to the head of a movie studio that also deals with TV shows. Huge step forward. Even yeah. if you look at, you know, a director is, in essence, like the mayor of a small city in a certain way, in certain mm -hmm. aspects, this is a very different thing. You're dealing with a lot of different creatives and a lot of directions, and you also have a lot of projects that are in different stages of development. I jotted down a couple of them, but you got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, aka Aquaman 2, which is pretty much finished at this point. Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which is finally coming out next year. You've got The Flash, which is the big question mark, I think, because of Ezra Miller's involvement and everything else. But also Blue Beetle uh, is yeah. shot, I think, at this point and still being worked on. Come and of on, course, Blue there's Beetle. Joker 2 with Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga is being done as well. And that isn't even including the TV show stuff that's going on, including James Gunn stuff. They also announced a new showrunner for the Arkham Asylum series that's spinning out of the Batman earlier today. And then you got all the animated stuff as well. So it's a lot of different things to juggle. And the question, I guess, is whether James Gunn and Peter Safran will be taking it a direction of like, let's Marvelize it because that's what David Zaslav and everybody clearly wants us to do. And this is all part yeah. of one universe or my preferred way is allow it to go the direction it was going, which is like, let's follow all these different creative muses. Let's not necessarily connect them. People can follow it. People can keep up. It's okay. And ultimately it's a more creative and fun way to go. Well, and let's just make better movies or better product across the board. And for uh, David Zaslav, when he came in uh, shoving the back row movie and um, uh, 
can like canceling a bunch of shows, uh, taking a bunch of shows off of the HBO Max service. Um, I feel like having a creative like James Gunn at the top of DCU will help to maybe not have that sort of bad relationship stuff with creatives happen, um, which I think is detrimental to the whole. The well, whole it didn't project. make all horrible decisions. I mean, somebody made the amazing decision to put 101 places to drink before you die on HBO Max. Yep. So that was a money move right there. That's I mean, true. That's true. I don't know if James Gunn had a real hand on that, but uh, check <laughs> it out. 101 places to party before you die on HBO Max. Uh, yeah. We got a question here from Stray Bullet. Do we I think would... Gunn... Oh, uh, do we think that Gunn will have to give up directing duties given his new position? I'm excited to be looking for DC movies again, but he shines as a writer-director. Yeah, I hope not. I hope he can kind of figure out a way to make it all work. Probably he's going to have to make some sacrifices. But I, I would like to say, though, as far as like different directions, what's exciting is I hope that, you know, that they they do don't try to copy something else they kind of let the stories go where the stories need to go with but also have some fun with the fact that like james gunn peacemaker you know what i mean would be fun i don't know how he could interact with black adam but those two are like huge wrestler dudes and it'd be fun just to see them even if it's in a peacemaker show having black adam just chilling next to him in his shitty apartment you know playing video games or whatever i don't know but i just think like I would like to see some fun bleeding over as far as that kind of stuff would be pretty cool. More fun. I think that's what yeah, maybe you more get fun. with James Gunn um, at the top, which is something that has been sorely needed in the DC cinematic. Universe. Well, and yeah. I think that also gets to something that we've occasionally complained about with the Marvel cinematic universe is the homogenization of what is going on there, that everything feels very samey. The idea that you could have peacemaker, which is so totally different from Black Adam, potentially come together in some way. Like you're saying, Pete, that's a very fun idea. But also you can have the Batman universe off into the side, and I don't think it hurts anything. Nobody's going to be like, no. why isn't Robert Pattinson in Black Adam 2? It doesn't matter. Have Michael Keaton in there. Bring Ben Affleck back. Whatever. You have a bunch of Batmans. Everybody will just roll with it and be absolutely okay. Hey, George Clooney. Whatever. Nipples. No, yeah, no. Whatever. Let's, whatever come on. is fine. Um, and then this is the big one. This is also from Straight Bullet. What movies do you want to see get made now that we have Gun Safra DC Universe starting? Also, does anyone else feel a lot of satisfaction over how upset the Snyder cult is going to be over this announcement? I would say not going to be. They are furious and saying that DC took the wrong direction. Zack Snyder should be in charge. What are you doing? This is terrible. Get over it. <laughs> nice. He had his time at the top and he, he got what you got. He got a shot, you know, unfortunately some things happened in his life and you got the Snyder cut. So you should be happy with the Snyder cut. Um, I think it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you can't control what's going to happen and we're here now. So, yeah, I mean, if you like the Snyder stuff, you know, great. Um, but um, hopefully this is going to move things in a better direction as far as creativity wise. And as far as like, I mean, there's a ton of amazing DC comics and I'm hoping yeah. this somebody's just going to open up a treasure chest of DC comics and really just kind of page through and be like, you know, like let's make some fun choices and some, there's just years and years of amazing creativity and just uh, unbelievable stories that you just got to pull from. 
Uh, she, uh, in the comments, Nat Towson, James Gunn, Impulse. Uh, that's fun. Um, let um, me, over, I'd like to give me over the Legion YouTube, uh, I'll just mention Have You Nerd said James Gunn's next hero, superhero is launching his Plastic Man bet. Um, I'll, I'll throw out there, I think just talking from a business perspective, I think they're pretty aware that what they need to figure out is Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman first. Uh, they yeah. gave out a statement, which I thought was very interesting, where they were like, we're very, I'm paraphrasing here, but they were like, we're very in, excited to take on board all of the iconic superheroes from DC Comics, like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Aquaman, uh, Harley Quinn, and all the rest of them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So the Flash and Green Lantern are sort of over there somewhere. A cyborg is over there somewhere. We'll deal with them later. Those are the ones you're concentrating on. So I know everybody's like, James Gunn is into the losers and the weirdos and all of these like esoteric areas of these superhero universes. They got to make the Ted poles work first. That's uh, I think that's, that's spot on. I'm... And I think that's why Superman, Henry Cavill is is the next up the fast track because mm -hmm. Batman feels, feels like it's working. One woman, it was sort of working and we got to see what the next movement that is. But Superman's the one that needs to come. That's out. the fun of having James Gunn now, like who knows what he could do. You know what I mean? Like he could do maybe an unbelievable Martian Manhunter or a Zatanna mm -hmm. project. Right you know what I mean? Like they're the fact that he leans towards different characters or characters that maybe aren't as well known is exciting. Like, yeah. Um, I you could do like, like a guardians Christmas special. That yeah. So the cool. trailer just dropped for that. I mean, all about it, man. It's, <laughs> it looks fun. Pablo says a Shazam versus black Adam movie, please. Clearly Pablo wants to see black Adam murder children. And that's interesting. Interesting. That you yeah. Want that, Pablo. I want to just hear more people say Shazam. That's my favorite part. <laughs> it's just a little bit of magic. Yeah, we could get a Captain Marvel Jr. movie. We could get a Mary Marvel movie. We could get yeah. a Sabak movie, a spinoff. Like, what's he doing in the Rock of Finality, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And death is the path to life. So, like, he's just back at it, I think. Oh, my God. You got to turn the crowd upside down. You got to turn, turn the crowd. crowd. Turn that crowd oh, upside, upside down. down. <laughs> See, that's the kind of line I want to hear in this movie. <laughs> All right, folks, I think we have wrapped up for the moment talking about the future of the DC Universe, though obviously there are lots more questions to come. I think we're going to kick it over to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, oh, we're going to turn wow. it over to Pete LePage. All right, this is the part we get back to you, the lovely audience. Yeah. Oh, we got Kevin first hand up, Kevin. guy. Wow, right Kevin probably dressed as Black Adam right now. Oh my god. There's like a Black Adam puppet or he has a Batmite puppet. You never or... know. I mean, Black Adam puppet. I mean, I, I, I would think I would think Batmite before Black Adam, but we Well, oh. you were close. I am in costume. All right. And... We need some lights over there, Kev, so we can yep, see what's just going a moment. on. Wells in darkness. <laughs> oh boy. If you're listening to the podcast, Kevin is sitting in absolute darkness. Darker. Mm -hmm. In the place where Black Adam was trapped. Kevin, I thought you were going to put on a light. What happened? You got up and then there was no light. Pete, really uh, DPing this uh, trivia segment. Is yeah. that Teddy Ruxpin he's got behind him? Oh, there's the light. All right. Oh, hey. no, uh, ah, fourth Doctor the... Build a Bear, and oh, that's Ray over there. Oh, nice. that's You're dressed right. as the 13th Doctor, I see. Yes. Excellent. Ooh, well done. Well, well done. A, we just had the finale, and B, this is the last show before Halloween. 
Ah, there we go. Uh, Hey, Pete, real quick, what was your opinion on The Power of the Doctor, the final episode of Jodie Whittaker on Doctor Who? Well, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I haven't, you know, there's some things where you're like, oh, man, you know, you feel you can't, you you know, there's not enough time in the day to do all the nerdy things. Mm -hmm. I haven't been in the Doctor Who he doesn't even go to a regular doctor. You can't ask him to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> Don't trust I, that. Doctor Who is not in my health plan. So. Yeah, exactly. It's out of out of network. Not I a big fan of doctors in general. All right, here we go. Uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Judy Tenuta, R.I.P. Please listen to what? all three right? options. Before Did Judy making... Tenuta die? Yeah. Yeah. When? A couple weeks ago, like... bro. Oh my god. Yeah. It was like within a day or so of Angela Lansbury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Uh, a couple of days. Overshadowed. Jeez. Yeah, sorry to break that that news to you, guys. Sorry, I thought you were going to do Leslie Jordan, but all right, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't want to do what you're expecting me to do. You know oh, I mean? that is how Pete operates. Yeah, yeah you, you're just jumping down that secret passage of the room called life. All right, please <laughs> listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. Batman and Spawn are reuniting after 30 years because of blank. Is it, and this is spoilers for the series coming out, is it A, uh, because of low self-esteem, B, the Court of (laughs) Owls, or is it C, Angelica Houston? So it's Hmm. A, which doesn't make sense, or it's B, the Court of Owls. I'm thinking B. Yeah, don't overthink this. Nice job. All right, question number two. Werewolf by Night will return to comic in comics in whose annual? Is it A, once a year, B, Moon Knight, or is it C, Carl Lewis running his heart? So it's either B, Moon Knight, which is the correct answer, or you could be completely wrong. I'll go with B. You are correct. Moon Knight ah. Annual is mm. going to have it. So definitely check that out. Here we go. Yes. Last one. Data suggests people love a mashup. So this January, <laughs> it's Archie meets blank. Is it A, Fury Road? B, a bunch of furries. You know, Archie really gets into the furry scene. Or it's C, Brent Spiner. I'm going to lean A this time. A Fury Road, you are correct. Congratulations. Wow. And 25. Kevin, do you know what secret Judy Tenuta movie Pete is referring to? Mm. Ooh, look. I'm it's really good. thinking I should, but it's not coming to me. Okay, well, I'm talking about the 2006 Dufftastic hit Material Girls. Andrew wow. Tillman Andrew called Tillman. it in the comments. Andrew wow. Tillman, Kevining the, the trivia <laughs> And hey. Kevin, you have won your choice of a $25 gift card to either Midtown Comics or Long John Silver's. Which would you prefer? Well, since I'm not going to get a chance for years to spend the $25 to Long John Silver's I already have, I'll go with the Midtown Comics. All right, that fair enough. Go. I feel like we need to do some sort of bus trip for everybody who watches this show to Lock John Silver's so they can spend the gift cards. But is there no LJS in the, the New York Greater New York area? The, I thought there was one by thir- like Thirty Fourth Street or something. Too. There's like, got to be a secret one in the Port Authority or something like that. No, the closest one is like seventy five miles away in Pennsylvania. Uh, there is one in New Jersey, but it's all the way at the bottom, so it's actually farther away than the. 
And then, all right. I'll, I'll talk to the Long John Silvers in Pennsylvania, see if we can. Well, Pete, maybe you can set up a show there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's hard I'll, to negotiate. I'll be like, hey, Long John Silvers, can I set up my mic here and do a couple of podcasts? <laughs> They're like, no one's walked into this business in 10 years. <laughs> All right, Kevin, congratulations. Thanks for coming Great on. Great seeing Happy you, Kevin. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Before uh, we go, Pete, I just have a question. You said yeah. that data suggests that people love a matchup, <laughs> and I just have to ask. What, did you get it? Huh? And then what was Spider? the third answer? It was Brent, Brent Spiner's data. Oh, data. Yeah. I uh, got you. I really, really caught me off guard. <laughs> You know what also caught me off guard? How many great comics are coming out this week? What are you guys looking forward to that is coming out? Pete? I'm looking forward to Catwoman Lonely City number four. Mm, That's the last issue of the Black Label series by Cliff Chang that we've been very excited about. It is Chang-tastic. It is unbelievable. It is so glorious in so many ways. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Oh, great. Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? I got to give it up for one of my favorite books. I guess, you know what? Two of my favorite books, both from uh, DC Comics, um, uh, a, a outfit we've talked uh, greatly about today. Uh, the Human Target, number eight by Tom King Ooh, and Greg yeah. Smallwood. Man, this uh, comic is amazing. This issue, um, since it's... DC Comics come out already on Tuesdays, we know and we've read this. This is a fantastic issue almost a bottle issue that stands alone really enjoyed it and then dc versus vampires number 10 one of my favorite dc mini event series loving it lots of great stuff that is coming out that i was very excited about one thing i'll throw it out to is rogues gallery number four from image comics the final issue of this about a actress but a CW style show who gets home invaded by a bunch of angry, toxic fans. Very interested to see how that wraps up. And the other one that I'll throw it out to you, that's another last issue from image comics is sins of the black flamingo, which is mm, yes. this extremely gay, uh, very supernaturally infected, very funny, very adventury uh, book um, that's wrapping up. I'm excited to see how that wraps up as well. I think that's going to be very cool. There's one more I want to shout out. Um, yeah. Bloodshot Unleashed number two. Um, there's this writer, Dennis Camp, that um, I have been just loving his work. We've talked about his work in the Slack um, recently. And this issue is fantastic. He also has a series called 20th Century Men that I have been absolutely loving. Uh, this is definitely a great book to check out. Yeah, I'm glad you plugged the Slack because our Slack channel is uh, not only a lot of fun, but... Also, a uh, super cool uh, thing to talk nerdy stuff with. And uh, I appreciate all the people who jump on there and support us and uh, uh, share their views. And we have a lot of amazing discussions in there. I totally agree. Could not agree more with literally every word that you said. And that is it <laughs> for this week's show. Next week. Yeah. We are going to have guests back. We're going to stop talking about We'll be Black back Adam. to talk about Black Adam for one more week. <laughs> week two. We Here we go. Uh, we're going to be talking to Dan Price from Bigfoot Nose Karate and also Dr. Susie Stein and Mr. Ferrando Perez talking about Heavy Metal's Mark of Kings. So that should be a lot of fun. A couple of other podcasts we do. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, is on hiatus between shows, but we're actually putting out, if you can believe it, our Thor 
Love and Thunder episode next Monday, so check that yeah. out. That is coming back. We have a couple of other episodes we're looking to roll out in the future. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, is rolling out weekly on Dump Thursdays. And the Umbrella Academy, our Umbrella Academy podcast, finally finished up the third season this past Monday, so check out the full run of that. As we mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, what would Cliff do? <laughs> Please, protect global stability wherever you can. Please.